0: Hi. Hi. (laughs) Long time
1: no see. Yeah. So, we didn't record on Monday because Mark decided... To maim himself. What do you do? So, um,
0: yeah, so I I'm just standing like in the in our little dining area and Mark's like, ow, that hurts. I'm like, oh, like, is everything okay? What happened? He's like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm bleeding. So we have a drawer Mm. that has now been changed. But in the six years we've been living here together. Mm. We have this sort of like dangerous drawer that we don't really <laughs> go into often. <laughs> that has all like the food processor
1: pieces in I it. Love that. <laughs> we have a dangerous drawer. Most people have like a junk drawer, but you you have a a dangerous drawer. Yes, That's it good.
0: is a a sharp drawer, basically sharp drawer. <laughs> So, but very strategically, we have aluminum foil placed over top of the sharp pieces of of the food processor. So when Mark reached into the danger drawer, (sighs) he caught one of the food processor pieces, which have since been moved. It's no longer the danger drawer. Okay. I put, yeah, I put all the pieces. We had like a leftover, like a little bin. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know, like a foot. I don't know my measurements. I don't work in construction. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, a sizable thing that we could put in the pantry. So I threw them all in there, and now they're away. But, yeah, it was bleeding a lot. Wow. Wow. But he's fine now. No, he didn't need stitches. Okay. I think. So his finger, he said, I checked in at dinner. He said, it's fine
1: now. Okay. But (laughs) I'm glad you checked. (laughs)
0: All we had was What this, haven't like, you giant... haven't you talked
1: to it to each other all week about it or are you just finding out well,
0: now? <laughs> no, I checked in yesterday, said so it was hurting a little bit yesterday. Today it's fine though. <laughs> but wow. we had this like anyway, we had this like massive gauze. It was it was a project, but he's okay now.
1: <laughs> Did everything get covered in blood in the drawer? Not in
0: the drawer, which actually was interesting. We were kind of trying to figure out which it was specifically that cut him. Yes. Difficult to decide because there are multiple,
1: multiple sharp, dangerous things. Yes.
0: But yeah, we we don't really know. It was really just like in the sink, and then he was able to. I guess from work he has like specific first aid things, so he was like pinching his finger and holding it above his head <laughs> and this thing was literally spewing blood i was literally. like oh no oh, <laughs> so <my> sorry
1: <laughs>
0: too much detail cut that God. out
1: <laughs> it's so weird like just like i can watch movies and tv shows that are super violent and everything but then if there was like real blood gushing it'd be like it's very stomach-churning, isn't
0: it? Oh, same. And he keeps telling me, he's like, it's okay, fingers bleed a lot. I'm like, I think
1: I need to take you to the hospital. Are you okay? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, yeah, I can see that. It's just like your head bleeds a lot. Yeah. It's all like nerve endings, and depending on how close it was to like your pulse, especially. Because yeah. don't you have like a pulse in your thumb or something like that, too?
0: I think so. I feel like I feel a pulse in my thumb sometimes i i feel like that's i do why because when you take
1: your pulse you use your two fingers here and not your thumb cuz that's there's a something happening here too so yeah extremities would be very very gushy that's a very good point
0: <laughs> <laughs> like i yeah you would be doubling up if you try to take your pulse with your thumb you'd have yeah, to use these okay like oh yeah. my god i'm dying exactly <laughs> Like, anyway, all was fine. There was uh, blood.
1: I'm glad you didn't need any medical attention. I
0: okay. only need being like, "Ah, oh, Polly's born uh just running around <laughs> basically <laughs> i did not I did not feel well. <laughs> oh boy.
1: This, this episode was pretty gory. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of gross and gory, and <laughs> this episode uh, really laid it on thick with the, yeah, with the graphic kind of grossness. But, you know, for the time, I guess that was like, ooh, that was sort of scintillating, you know? Yeah. Now it's like par for the course, I think, for a lot of things. But they they were having some fun with their little special effects. Tell me about what's going on with you. I saw you did some dirt biking. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, my Allie, my stepdaughter, taught me how to dirt bike a month or so ago. It was a while ago. She Maybe it was after Father's Day. But yeah, about a month ago. And uh, Greg and uh, I Greg and I, were up in up north and we went for a ride. So it was really my first official ride and um, it was really fun. I really like dirt biking a lot. I'm not, I prefer it to ATVing. Really? Yeah, I do. I think, I feel it's more engaging, like it's more technical and I appreciate that because it's just more stimulating on some level. I don't know. I just really enjoy it. Cause you have to have some skill like to get over certain terrain and things like that. And you're using your muscles, you're it's active. And I, I appreciate that. Whereas HEVing is like kind of <laughs> a leisurely <laughs> experience and the machine does a lot of the work for you. So does 100%. it, do? but I, I always compare it to mountain biking. I used to mountain bike out West when I, you know, l- I used to do like little races and I used to do like just for fun, like just for training. I'd go mountain biking almost every day and it just reminds me of mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I enjoy it a lot. So, yeah, we had a good time. It was really relaxing. We were only there for one night though. So, oh, really? Yeah, because we didn't go up Friday. I had to be back to work on Monday. So, we were just there for one night to check on the garden, which is insane. Our garden is. I was so excited. We have I harvested some kale and collard greens, so I brought those home. But awesome, it's just growing like the Dickens. I'm just so excited. I love it. I love it. I love it. You drive out to the garden, it's like oh, everything's just like bursting. I have to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. Next time you go up, feel free and believe me, I've been trying to pawn vegetables off. People just don't want the vegetables. Why? I don't know. No, we don't want any vegetables. But I'm like, when I give people vegetables, I clean it, I prep it, I get it ready, I dry it. It's all ready to go. Like, I don't, oh, wow. because I, I know what it's like when somebody gives me some crappy vegetables from their garden, and they're all dirty, and I have to clean them myself. Like, it's less enticing, right? That's true. Clean them and prep them and give them to people. They'll, they'll want it again. You know what I mean? So true. There's a method to the madness, you know?
0: reduce the amount of work altogether and then people want it
1: (laughs) exactly so because i would like that like if somebody gives me vegetables from the garden it's better if it's all clean and ready to to eat you know what i mean
0: we will have to give you a tomato or two i don't know how many tomatoes it doesn't seem like we're gonna get a big
1: tomatoes so you'll get a
0: tomato or two from our little balcony garden (laughs) i'll wash it
1: you can keep your tomatoes No. Do you know how many (laughs) tomatoes we have growing up there it's insane oh really oh my god We've oh got my tomatoes, gosh pumpkin lettuce carrots parsnip fennel swiss chard collards broccoli uh kale. oh my god we have everything everything so much lettuce. i had no like idea Ten different kinds of lettuce and then what else do we have there's something else in there probably some squash some zucchini oh my god yeah we have everything it sounds amazing well, have you not? Have you seen the garden that we have up no. there? No. Oh, it's huge. I, I've <laughs> seen
0: like I, I've seen the space. I think like mm. I've spa I leisurely. Lee. That's the word. Leisurely. Lee. No. <laughs> <laughs> leisurely um take a little etv ride around that area right around but not recently yeah exactly
1: <laughs> it's um huge greg and i worked very hard tilling it and weeding it and getting it ready so and it's really paying off like the weeding that I, I spent like three weekends in a row sweating my balls off just pulling weeds so it's really helping so good i'll probably be up there next week to weed have to weed so get some lettuce awesome. anyway that's my life. That's what's new. Sounds perfect. And I have uh, Allie downstairs working really hard cooking pizza for the family right now. We we work Ooh. together to make pizza tonight. So I'm looking forward to having my late night pizza when we're done here. It's so exciting.
0: That's awesome. It's a little treat for once. Sec- I guess not little. Hopefully, yeah. you have a nice filling treat. <laughs> it's going to be,
1: I'm going to eat so much pizza and it's going to be so late and I don't care. Like, I'll just be like, ah, blah, blah, blah. you know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be very tasty. (laughs) I make a big veggie pizza and then I have this pickle pizza, which people like either they're not so sure about the pickle pizza, but the kids and Greg, we all love this pickle pizza. So it's the perfect. That's all that matters. Yes. (laughs) Do you like pickles?
0: Actually, as of one year ago, approximately, I love pickles. But before that, I wouldn't even touch a pickle.
1: Brittany, you have to have my pickle pizza.
0: I I think I do. I'll bring yes. I'll bring the tomatoes.
1: I'll make it. I make it vegetarian though, so I make fake bacon instead of using real bacon. But you can put bacon on it if you want. But I make oh I love them. So it's like bacon. I make bacon bits with um. It's called textured vegetable protein. So it's like bacon bits and pickles, hot peppers, and onion. Is fucking del- excuse my language, but it's fucking delicious. So good. That sound. That does sound awesome. Actually, <laughs> so yeah, it's tasty. really good. I'm. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm starving, and I'm thinking. I'm about sorry. Pizza. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Then let's get down to it, so you can get to your pizza.
1: Yes, let's go. You start us <laughs> off. What's this? What's this episode called?
0: This episode is called "A Boy in a Tree," and we start out in the lab, like a lot of our episodes.
1: Yeah, but did you notice, like the video editing was all like ooh, it's like rock video without the rock music though i feel like the first the
0: first episode really they overdid it on the music and now they really dropped the ball on it
1: well that was a pilot right so what they do with pilots is they show it to a bunch of people and then they get notes right people say oh we didn't like all the music or whatever so yeah. here they, they take it back and the second episode usually like does, is not at all like the first episode but There you go. Go on. That is exactly how it works. But I
0: love this scene because we get a little bit of a um, glimpse into Zach's life. Uh, Zach is standing there chatting with a lady named Naomi from paleontology. And we know that because he, although we can't really see what they're talking about, we know what they're talking about because poor uh, Zach is basically being stalked by Hodgins and Angela Mm
2: -hmm. uh, chatting about him. Mm hmm.
0: And Booth and Brennan are waiting in the car for him, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to care, right. But, yeah, so Hodgins, who loves to gossip about Zach, is telling Angela that Naomi and Zach slept together about a month ago, and then she
1: just ghosted him.
0: Jesus Murphy.
1: Poor guy. <laughs> it was a surprise for me to find out that Zach had a sex life. I felt like this was like a little bit like, oh. Okay, so now we're gonna, Zach has a sex life, so now we're supposed to, like, see him less as, like, a sort of young virginal dude nerd, and I don't know what they're doing with this guy, but anyway, go on. I feel like they were, I feel like it's introducing the fact that he has a sex life at all
0: is one thing, but then they just really kind of paint him into the corner of exactly your description that he's kind of like a nerdy like doesn't really know what he's
1: doing kind of guy wow this this episode yeah (laughs) this storyline I don't know man it's interesting
0: but yeah so Hodgins and Angela they're both working and they're being bored of working which Angela that's not a new thing for her
1: Mm. and we don't know what she does remember so yeah we're,
0: we're still struggling with that Love her, but yeah, still struggling. So, um, they want a murder investigation.
1: Yeah, they're really chomping at the bit for somebody to get killed so that they can have something to do because they're let's entertain the the nerdy scientist people, please. Can somebody just murder someone already? Exactly, because watching Zach listen to Naomi tell him to take a hint
0: wasn't really uh, working for them. Wow. Oh boy. And poor Angela, mm. um, well, Hodgins doesn't really seem to care, but poor Angela kind of gets cornered a little bit by Zach, who is looking for some assistance because Naomi had told him to ask his friends if he has any as to what hint she's referring to. Yep. And yeah, so Angela, like Hodgins, Angela at least tries to pretend she's going to help him. And then she's like, yeah, never mind. get in the car.
1: Get going. Right. So like when Angela tells, yeah, so that while, yeah, so Angela tells Hodgins, my capitalized Hodgins, Booth <laughs> uh, and Brennan are waiting for Zach because there's a case uh Hodgins is like oh my god then why are we doing this like we got to get him out of here so they hustle him out of there get you know get Naomi out of the picture so that you know Zach can get the hell out of there and then go get into this murder thing but yeah also yeah that was really uncomfortable and Angela tried to put the kibosh on the whole conversation with Zach about his sex life. She's also wearing a huge belt buckle. I don't know if you noticed the belt buckle, but it was like the half the size of her torso. Um, what was I going to say? Now I'll notice it. You pointed it out. You pointed out last episode, there were
0: a lot of belt buckles. You got to check so. out
1: the belts, man. They're pretty huge. <laughs> so yeah, she always comes off as trying to be empathetic, but then she just quickly was like, forget it, get the hell out of here kind of thing. So yeah. All right. So what do we got on the way there? What are we doing? So, well, Zach still needs help.
0: Oh, my God. So now he's asking Booth for help on his love life.
1: So pathetic. It's so sad. Oh, my God. It's terrible. Uh, Anyway, Booth, Booth, Booth kind of blows them off as well, though, doesn't he? Listen, Booth blows them both off because they're both being so weird and obtuse. Like Zach okay, there's two things you and I say a lot. I say obtuse. You say problematic a lot. I know that, but I mean, (laughs) they're just being absolutely awful. Like, Zach wants to know about sex with women because Booth is so, you know, such a player. And then Brendan's mad because no one's reacting to her saying, good morning. Like, it's really weird. (laughs) And Booth is over it, man. Like, he's really somebody pissed on his cornflakes this morning
0: oh for sure he's
1: just like shut up I don't want to talk to you you're both terrible like he's the only he's kind of our proxy right he's kind of the normal guy in this whole thing so um what was I gonna say yeah so what do we learn we learn that they're on their way to a private school
0: right yeah and and it seems like that could be part of why booth is also Most of it is the fact that Zach and Brennan are pissing him off, but it could be a little bit as to why he could explain why he's in a little bit of a bad mood because he claims that prep schools or private schools are like, he's going to have to deal with a crime scene, but also a political situation
1: and it's just a lot to handle yeah, he's not in a good mood. And he's, I liked. I wanted to mention too, he mentioned in the car because Zach's asking dumb questions about sex and women and stuff. And Booth says, which I've been talking about since this whole show started, he doesn't want to talk about sex at work. Like, it was like, wow, he's the voice of reason in this moment.
0: A boundary has been set like, and don't no one follows
1: it. Right <laughs> anyway, um, he tried. What was I gonna say? Oh, tell okay. You do the scene at the front gate. Oh boy! Okay, so they get there.
0: They get there, and then I guess Booth is like kind of trying to poke a little fun. So he reads out, which I learned some Latin during this episode. Thank you for teaching me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's saying, okay. Um, Let's uh let's read this sign. So omnia mia mecum porto. I probably just Ooh, brutalized, brutalized that, but that's fine. And he, he turns around to Brennan and to Zach and he's like, I bet that means regular people stay out. And then they both are like like, Are you ridiculous? It obviously means I carry with me all my things. Yeah.
1: right but it wasn't like booth this is so funny very early in the episode booths always tried to exert his power and his authority it's really interesting even in this situation where he was like gonna go to this crime scene but the guy at the gate was like no we're gonna escort you so booth doesn't like that power dynamic because he likes to be he's very alpha right he likes to be i'm fbi i'm in charge blah 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 and that was funny i thought David played it well in the scene where he was jokingly saying, what does that mean? Like, stay away. Or Like, I just thought it, yeah. was, I thought it was actually genuinely quite funny. I thought so too. <laughs> it was funny. Like, if I was in the car, I'd be like, yeah, that's funny. Like, I would have loved that, you know? 100%. But Brennan and Zach are no fun, as usual. They ruin his fun. They do. And
0: Booth also finds out that whose kids go there is classified information so he has to be taking the situation more seriously and he's trying to joke and it's just not working. He's wearing these super orange sunglasses. The look's
1: not good. (laughs) He's having a bad day. (laughs) Booth really is having a bad day. So at the scene we're introduced to Karen the sheriff. I guess Booth knows her. He congratulates her on being um, nominated into the sheriff position. We're met with two characters that are going to be with us through the whole episode, this dude, Leo Sanders, who's the head of security at the school, and the headmaster of the school, Peter Bronson. So Temperance has no time for any of this stuff, like meeting the sheriff or all these people. She doesn't give a shit about any of this. She's like, (laughs) where's the body? Show me the body. Give me the body. Where's the dead body? Right? Yeah. And then oh that's the other thing she's super rude to the sheriff like so rude like has no concept of like social mores at all and uh what else so yeah she just wants to know where the body is it's all she cares about and then like it gets really snippy everybody's really snippy yeah at the crime scene what happens
0: Basically, yeah, no one really wants to, it seems like everyone just wants this to be dealt with, just out of the way, just get it done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Brennan's like, okay, well, I don't care about these people, like, I don't care about being introduced, let's just get to it. Mm-hmm. Booth is like, okay, well, I have to be polite, so, hey, this is Bre- Dr. Temperance Brennan, mm-hmm. and this is some guy named Jack or something, because I don't I don't really like him. His name's actually Zach, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> so dismissive. Uh,
0: it really, he hates him so much. It yeah. is so funny.
1: Yeah, Booth has yeah. no time for it at all. But I, I wrote down here that things escalated pretty quickly with all the rudeness and the shortness. term Because we find out in the scene that Brennan doesn't like sheriffs. <laughs> this is a new thing. She doesn't like sheriffs because they're a lot. Find out her reasoning well because they're elected um, yeah instead of i don't know it has something to do with being elected so it's like a popularity thing rather than a competence thing and then the headmaster like you were saying everybody wants this to be over and done with they're very flippant about the fact that there's a fucking dead body in the tree yeah there's not even like yellow tape up at this point to like keep people away and the headmaster's like we get this body down and Booth, like, pushes, uh, who did he push back? Did he push the security guy back or the headmaster? Uh, he, he pushed the headmaster back. Yeah, he like, was like, get out of the way. pushes him out of the way like everybody give her some space, right? So here's yep. the scene. Go, you talk about the gross stuff.
0: Well, the gross stuff is, number one, there's a body hanging there. Mm-hmm. Number one. <laughs> it's a, the episode's called Boy in a Tree. So there we go. There he is. So he's hanging there. He, it looks like the body's been hanging there a long time, and apparently, this is a two week break. They're at the end of the two week break. Part of the reason they want to rush through this investigation is because they want to be able to open up the next day to students, and they don't want the students to know anything about it. Hmm. So, what I was thinking is, is there no security over the two week break? I know, at all. Right? Crazy, they didn't notice this body, anyway. That's number one um and then number two is exactly what you already said that he's getting they're trying to start setting up and booth basically pushes this headmaster out of the way and is like give my forensic anthropologist room which obviously brennan doesn't like Ugh.
1: at all i know she doesn't like anything he does You exactly a anthropologist <laughs> yeah, I'm not yours I'm not yours Nobody owns. You, can't,
0: you don't possess me, Nobody exactly. owns me. <laughs> hardcore feminist hardcore but then Brennan goes and tells Zach what to do because he is her underling mm-hmm. and tells him okay start taking pictures now that they're all set up start taking pictures but wait don't take the pictures first because there's flash and it'll disturb the crows so start with a video Right, And then go from there, which I I wouldn't have thought about that. The flash in broad daylight, I wouldn't have thought would be an issue, but it kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. I like, I have to admit, I do like those little details like that. That's an interesting part. I would love to know if that's a detail that's in one of her books. You know what I mean? Like a little thing like that. But yeah, it's, I like that detail. So yeah, he videotapes it. Then he starts taking pictures. But then what happens?
0: And then something a little gruesome and unfortunate happens because she's saying, "Be careful! Like we gotta, we can't, we can't take the body down yet. We gotta like take pictures. We gotta get this all set up." But um, the head falls
1: off the body, <laughs> so, which she catches. And honestly, it's impressive. She has fast reflexes. Yes, she does catch it very quickly. It was after like you see a shot of the crows pecking away at the. <laughs> the oh wow. are hilarious, because she catches this weird head, and then uh then what happens well, and then
0: the other part of gravity takes hold, <laughs> and the body falls as well, so she needed just a small um evidence bag, but now she needs a much bigger evidence
1: bag, yeah, that's her jaws moment, right? We're gonna need a bigger bag exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, they. she asked for a bigger bag for the body and then we have our intro to the show. Yes. So what, what happens next? We're back at the lab at this point, right? Right. So we get the intro to the show. We're back at the lab. She determines all these things about the victim. So we have a male, he's five foot six, 130 pounds. They determine he's a teenager and he's either Asian or Hispanic. And then my friend Hodgins identifies all the bugs. And uh, he says that because he has these bugs that were eating away at his flesh, they will be able to d- determine a time of death. I thought that um, was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was really neat too. I I'm going to assume that a lot of this stuff is factual. Uh, I don't think they can go do this kind of show with really uh, without proper like some proper forensic details like this. So that was really cool. And then she wants him to test the bugs also for drugs. Uh, which is really, I mean, that makes sense, right? If they're consuming the body, right? Yeah. And they find a Catholic medallion. And then uh, this is all very happens very quickly. So they find a medallion and then she finds a cochlear implant. And then she wants them to search up the serial number. So what, which is obviously very helpful because otherwise. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you this know what good. that medallion was?
0: I think that only, I think, and only because I Googled it, um, I think it's
1: a Virgin Mary medallion. What did you notice happened in this uh, lab scene?
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly what I noticed, basically. I, I, one thing that I did want to ask you about, though, yes. is that I thought it was interesting that in the last episode, Angela couldn't see this scene, like, she wasn't able to see the the body parts and she wasn't able to see, like, the burning body. Um, but somehow this, like, decaying, crow-eaten body is okay for her to see, this, like, wormy corpse. Yeah.
1: Did she make any mention of ew, gross or anything like that? And- not once. I, I wonder if old. this is the end of Angela being grossed out by stuff. Maybe. I don't remember. I'm curious because while they're, I find it interesting, like the watching the characters develop and what they're just, what they're getting rid of, what they're keeping in terms of character traits. So we shall see. Yeah. Well, she obviously feels comfortable
0: enough with the body that she offers to get x-rays and 3d imaging of the entire skeleton done. There's not going to be a problem with her helping from that perspective. Um, and they're basically saying uh, that well, Hodgins, this is another example of Hodgins being mean to Zach again. Yes. But basically they were talking about like how hard this kid's high school experience must have been. Yeah. And Zach is kind of saying like, well, I didn't really talk to anyone in high school and, and I was fine. And Hodgins <laughs> tells him that his high school was an experimental
1: eugenics program
0: so it it doesn't doesn't count
1: i see i i thought he said that the high the, the prep school or the boarding school was the eugenics program they're talking uh, about how they're like grooming oh. these kids to be like the next president of the united states and they've got like yeah. whole weird it's a part of his conspiracy theory But my thing about Zach saying like, oh, I didn't have any friends in high school and I didn't kill myself. Like, it's just another example of like, I know they're trying with this character, but oh, my God, Zach, that's just because he didn't have any problems and he didn't kill himself. And like, he doesn't understand why somebody else would do it i don't know man i feel like he's in the wrong line of business or something
0: oh for sure and
1: and it's not just us
0: it's not only us that disapproved of his reaction brendan gives him like major cut eye during this uh scene both of them to hodgins and to uh, zach so
1: yeah but i mean brendan's not the epitome of empathy and compassion either no not like
0: she's really not so yeah maybe we can't really use it I don't know if we
1: can look to her <laughs> she can for, give cut or, eye whatever as our guide and compass and all this but regardless. It's um, true. What is it? Oh but this I- is so funny. Okay, I want you to start this next scene, but I want I want I have something I want to talk about. Okay,
0: so please cut in as soon as you want to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> so basically <laughs> They're back at Hanover Prep. Well, it's just Booth and the headmaster and the head of security. And they're walking down this beautiful set of stairs. It's actually, it's, this is a very nice school. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the, the head of security is saying, well, all the high risk students are accounted for, mm-hmm. which means that apparently this means that those are the ones with the personal bodyguards, which it seems like this is a school for like the ultra uber rich and famous. So I would expect that most of them have bodyguards, but anyway, that's just a side, side point. Mm. Um, but the headmaster seems pretty obsessed with making sure that this kind of stays under wraps because he doesn't want the the public opinion of his school to be tarnished. Um, so he's worried about, uh, he's asking Booth, uh, what are our options for public, publicity and media? And Booth's going
1: like, you're asking, I'm not a PR guy. Like give me a break. Yeah. So, <laughs> Like what? I don't remember any part of that scene. I mean, <laughs> all I know is that they just, they want to sweep it under the rug, call it a side, yep. move on. Don't worry about it. And they're not showing Booth any respect at all. Oh yeah. yeah. They, they
0: they just want to get him out of there because
1: he. They're, they're basically saying
0: like, we don't want anyone to know who goes to this school and you doing any sort of investigation is going to potentially create a problem with that. And so Booth obviously is not having it, any of it because, like you said, he has a bit of a power trip as usual.
1: But Booth's right; he's saying no, 100%. Like, how do you not know who this kid is? How do you yeah. know who's hanging there? Like you should know who's missing from your school. You know, what I mean? especially with a private school.
0: Most private schools pride themselves on having small class sizes. It's not like there's 60 so, kids.
1: These two guys, the security dude and the headmaster, they're like thick as thieves and they're totally wearing their guilt on their sleeve like there's something going on that's super dodgy and they're not being subtle about it either like wow very 100 oh, well, percent.
0: well but booth kind of tries to he realizes this and he's like okay well screw you i'm gonna need a full list of enrolled students and staff because mm-hmm. i'm trying to do my job mm-hmm. And then he gets a call from Brennan, which is I'm sure exactly what you want to discuss. (laughs) And she's saying, I'll have the identity of this boy in the tree within the hour. And he's going, I'm going to talk nonsense at you because I'm trying to pretend that I'm having a different conversation than the one I'm having. And basically just hangs up on her. (laughs) She's
1: so funny. Like she's, it's very childlike right because it's like she doesn't get what he's doing like he's trying to like obviously change the subject so that they don't know who he's talking to and he can keep it secret like what what information they have anyway and she's just acting my thing is though, about this conversation like yes okay of course brennan doesn't understand a subtle social cue that booth is giving out Again, my thing is is that she's sitting in her office on the phone playing with the cochlear implant she just pulled out of this kid's head. She no. had it in her hand and she's on the phone with him, and it's so she's like kind of like playing within her hand as she's talking to him, like sort of absent-mindedly. And I was like, that was just in that dead kid's head, and she's acting like it's just this like a fidget. <laughs> I did not even notice this. I wish I could give you a timestamp, stamp, but it was like... Oh, my I gosh. I was like, that is... Is that normal? Like, if you pull something out, like, okay, Silence of the Lambs, they pull that dead moth out of the girl's throat. Spoiler. And what is... Fucking, <laughs> like, uh, what's-her-face, Jodie Foster's character, does she play with it in her hand? And she's, like, thinking about the evidence. Like, no, you don't play with it in your hand that's disgusting so would you just pull it out of his head wash it off in the sink and like just do 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 anyway that was the thing I wanted to mention because I thought that was really really funny oh that
0: is it's funny and actually pretty gross it's kind of gross right (laughs) it kind of shows how detached she is from some of these cases (laughs) she's just like
1: woo it was like you know when somebody you have a pen like this I'm showing yeah. video. So she was just talking on the phone, like kind of playing with with it in her fingers. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's so
0: gross. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, thank you for
1: noticing that because I did not notice that I that's a detail that I really wish I had noticed. Oh, uh, you notice things I don't notice, so it's okay. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like I said, the headmaster security dude are being super sus. They're acting like really suspicious and Booth's like, screw you guys. Give me everything I need. What's what happens? Exactly.
0: Well, then they end up back at the lab because it seems like every other scene is kind of at the lab at the scene at the lab. Anyway. So I love this scene because it goes to show that Brennan is like, Oh yeah, you want to, you want to say on my, on this phone call that you obviously meant all the insults before." Uh, that we're just going to talk about the boring details while I'm going to install a security system, which I'm sure must have been in place before, but the timing is great. Yeah. So she walks on to the, this forensic forensics area, I guess, in the middle, somehow in the middle, middle of this lab. Um, and she, I guess, scans her card as she walks in, and then Booth tries to walk in, and suddenly the alarm's blaring. <laughs> He's not thrilled about it. I um, mean, sh- she's she's saying to him. Well, like I'm sorry that you are setting off the alarm, but we can't just have anyone in here um, because we don't <laughs> want them to contaminate the boring details.
1: So fucking passive aggressive. So, so passive aggressive.
0: <laughs> so he wants a security card, obviously, because he needs to be able to get close to the body, and she responds very um logically of course and it's like okay well you want a security guard uh, you want a security card and i want a gun so oh my god
1: these things are not equal can i say not that? at all <laughs> <laughs> and she also shot someone last time she had a gun i know it's bad news bears i tell you so she's still mad about the phone call they're arguing always arguing argue 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 And then, uh, this is what we learn medically in this. This is an interesting thing we learn in this show. His hyoid bone is broken, which apparently is very unusual in a young person. Um, yeah. So that's something that we found out. And this is a very big focus of this. This is going to become a very major detail. That's going to, you know, it's going to be a through line for the rest of the episode. And then all of a sudden, Their phones start going off. All their phones start ringing. And then what happens?
0: And then we're back with uh, Booth's favorite boss, Santana, who seems to always be just giving Booth crap. Like, he is not having any of it. So they're back sitting down with Dr. Daniel Goodman, who's the head of the Jeffersonian Medical Legal Lab. Mm -hmm. Um, Santana, Booth's there, Brennan's there, and they're chatting about uh, their opinions on this case. Santana's saying, obviously, this is a suicide. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because this is a private school and pockets are lined. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they have quite the the conundrum because Brennan needs to have an investigation to, det- to determine if there's a murder that happened. But Santana's saying that in order for an investigation to occur, then she has to already declare that a murder has occurred
1: yeah so it's like a yeah conundrum cash 22 so they don't yeah they need brennan to take the reins and say whether or not this is a suicide or a homicide basically yeah and because uh so she says it's okay fine it's a murder yeah it's a murder
0: i this is dr goodman's only seen in this episode which i thought was interesting yeah i don't really know why he was there to begin with i don't know um i don't know man but i thought it was interesting he's like well do we need a philosopher here this is quite a situation we have ourselves in that's really (laughs) his only line but i love his character i find his character very interesting
1: i love him too they didn't use him enough another very you know underused character that we could have had a lot of fun with and he yeah spoiler doesn't last long in the series but um yeah um I love him too he he has this weird did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer I didn't unfortunately oh, Brittany, I wish that I know did you have growing
0: up I was really into math
1: okay <laughs> that's uh, I just that's what I did Anyway, Buffy, there's a character named Giles. I think he's the librarian. And he, this guy, this Goodman dude, reminds me of Giles from Buffy. Anyway, it gives me that same vibe kind of thing. Okay. Um, That's
0: interesting, especially since Booth, the the actor, is from Buffy.
1: Yes. But it doesn't, it's just my own perception anyway. So, yeah, the next scene we have Booth driving at night. She thanks brennan for backing him up and she basically shoots him down and says i didn't do it for you i did it so that she she did it so that they could continue investigating the death it's the only reason she said that he was murdered uh yeah i
0: i thought that was that was interesting it, it was almost it was almost a nice moment between the two of them
1: And then brennan ruined it
0: and then brennan ruined it and Then Booth goes on to ruin it, but very rightfully says, okay, you know what? We got to tell Nestor's parents that his kid is dead, that their kid is dead. And so he says, okay, Brennan, this is a sad situation. So you need to tell them that we're sorry for their loss. And she's all offended because she's like, I'm not a sociopath. Give me a break. Like, I know, I know. I, I, this is a sad situation. I'll feel bad. And, It's like, well, you didn't know in the past. So maybe this is a nice
1: reminder. Mm. And she does pretty well in the next scene. I have to say this. We're going to back up a little because they have this conversation in the car about how much Booth hates this private school situation. He thinks they're all better than everybody. And then Brennan goes on about how, yes, there are people that are better than you. Anyway, she's very um, scientific about it. And he's very passionate and emotional about it again. But then he's, yeah, in that conversation where he's asking her to be sympathetic and she claims to not be a sociopath, which we've talked about because sometimes her behavior is questionable. He <laughs> said something like very direct that I was like, when he said, I was like, oh, he goes, you're not good with people. That's what he said to her in the car. I don't even think I realized that that was his exact words. He said, it- she's bad with, you're bad with people. That's what he says to her. And it was like,
2: ooh. Truth
1: hurts. (laughs) Truth hurts. But yeah, so go on. They go to Nestor's house.
0: Yeah, so they go to Nestor's house and they give the parents back that Catholic necklace. They tell Brennan and Booth that they last heard from Nestor a few days after the beginning of the two-week term break. Right. Um, They got an email saying he was going going with a friend in Nova Scotia. Brennan wants a copy of the email. And she goes on and tells them that she's sorry for their loss and actually follows Booth's advice from earlier, which is kind of nice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I thought was interesting about this whole interaction though,
2: mm-hmm. is
0: that they're saying that they received the email a few days after the beginning of the two week break. Right. The two week break is over as of now, mm-hmm. basically. This is a 14 to 17 year old boy. I think we we found out that he's 15 years old. hmm when you're fifty years old, that feels like a time that you check in with your parents a little bit more than every two weeks or so.
1: Yeah, it's weird. And then, I mean, the other thing I, I forgot, I, I was watching the show sort of passively as I was making notes, and the mother is an ambassador for Venezuela, I believe. Yes, yeah. I initially, honestly, in the first, I wasn't really paying attention. I, I was so sexist. I automatically assumed the father was the ambassador, but it's actually the mother was the ambassador. And they're very concerned that if he did kill himself, they won't be able to bury him, like have a funeral, like a Catholic funeral and burial, because that's obviously committing suicide as a sin. Um, so, yeah, the, they really want them to figure out what happened and find the truth yeah but uh yeah, so I too notice that, like, but is that just the way it is with rich kids? They just don't talk to their parents that much It could be
0: it could be he's at a boarding school, so maybe it's it sort of accelerates that period of time where you start to become more independent from your parents. I don't know i just I just thought that was kind of odd that they got one they got one email and then that was it and this is this is back in early two thousand, so at that point he's this is a rich family likely he has a cell phone so even like a hey i'm still alive good night message was possible on his screen where he had to type three times for a c
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i love i remember those days I got good. at I got great at that. I just remember I could text pretty quickly. Me too. I was in love with the BlackBerry keyboard. The BlackBerry keyboard, I still think about it to this day, because I love that BlackBerry keyboard. I know that's not the triple thing. That was my Sony Ericsson before that. Yeah. Then when I got the BlackBerry, oh my God, it was amazing. I love that keyboard so much. Just the, the feel of the keys. Oh, it was one of my favorite things to type on.
0: My dad will not give up his BlackBerry. So he is still buying BlackBerry. And wow. absolutely, because he—that's one of the reasons. He well, mainly, well, the main reason is the security on the phone is better. But also, um, he just likes to be able to type on the actual keys of the keyboard. They still make it with the keyboard. They do. Wow. Yeah. So, although it's it's like a it's like a regular Android now, but then you can flip out the bottom, so it like mm-hmm. kind of pops out the bottom.
1: What and a you dream. You can type on it. I know. What a dream. <laughs> you can fulfill the dream. Maybe I don't know. I'm pretty attached to my Samsung. I am an Android user, and I love my Samsung phones. I've had them the whole time. I love them so much. They're amazing. They have great cameras. I there's so, I mean I I don't think I'll ever 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 use an iPhone. I just I'm such a such an Android lady. But um, yeah, that keyboard. Anyway, you're right. He should probably have texted his parents, but. I don't know. Like apparently there were, he was going to go to Nova Scotia, right? True. Maybe he didn't have Rome like home.
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's paid phones. There's other options. Yeah. If they're but rich yeah. people too, like pick up the Exactly. Pick know. up <laughs> a phone. But anyway, so unfortunately hmm. he died. And Now we're back at the lab of Zach and Hodgins. Unfortunately, unfortunately, he died. died. And moving on to the next scene, I thought that was a great segue. Yes, it was excellent.
1: Back at the lab. Back at the lab again. Uh, I guess we still care about Zach's girl problems. Go on. Well, only because Hodgins is bullying
0: him again. This This is an episode where Hodgins just bullies Zach the whole time. And obviously Zach is still obsessing over what Naomi meant when she said, take a hint. And Hodgins is so mean to him, but he's still asking for his advice. So mean. And he's saying, he's saying that, uh, Oh yeah. Well, I can't ride a bike and I can't drive a car. I can't even remember how this conversation came up. And Hodgins is like, well, yeah, you also can't please a woman. So add that to the list.
1: It creeped me out the way he said that. The way Hodgins talked about pleasing a woman. It was creepy. The way, the whole thing. And he was yeah. going on about how Zach wasn't good in bed.
0: It, just the way he even ends the conversation by saying, you know what, I can't help you out. You need to talk to someone more earthy for advice. And kind of like, says earthy, but like kind of like sort of goes at his, with his hands, like kind of makes, I don't know, like gestures at his nether regions a little bit. What is that? that a Very though? weird. What does that I don't mean? know.
1: Like a nudist? I don't know, but Hagen's <laughs> like Zach wants specific instructions on what to do in bed. He wants like a, a manual, like and- step one. Exactly. Take your clothes off. Hodgins is like being all, I don't want to talk about this. Even though they talk about sex at work every day. Especially
0: Angela bringing it up all the time in in front of Hodgins being like, yeah, Booth and Brennan are going to get it on. It's like, yeah, all of a sudden
1: Hodgins doesn't want to talk about sex. What a shock. Shocker. (laughs) Okay, where do we go next? Uh, should we say that unfortunately the boy died and moving on to the next <laughs> scene? <laughs> Segway, uh, Segway. Uh, to this person died. But next scene. <laughs> exactly.
0: So the school psychiatrist is there now. The headmaster the head of security are both there because they seem to be attached with the hip. Uh I thought this scene was very interesting. And I'm very curious if this actually complies with true doctor patient
1: confidentiality, but (laughs) just a little, right? (laughs) Like They were breathing down her neck. Like it's like she had a script and she was just saying what they told her to say. It was really weird. It was very weird. And she's saying, you know what?
0: I can't talk to you without a warrant booth because of this whole doctor patient confidentiality. But then she goes on to tell Booth and Brennan that Nestor was at extreme risk of suicide. Then <laughs> she tells everything. I can't talk <laughs> Everything. Her, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you the most important details, but otherwise doctor-patient confidentiality. Okay. Yeah. So he was, unfortunately, it sounds, they're painting a really, they are painting a very specific picture of this kid. Yeah. Um, they're, they're painting a picture of a kid who may have been depressed and may be at risk of suicide. Um, saying that he was alienated by culture, by language, by his uh, by his uh, hearing impairment, mm-hmm. um, by his own social awkwardness
2: mm-hmm.
0: like, throw that one in there, okay? Social awkwardness, I'm sure he was fine. And so, they're they're, yeah, they're painting this picture of this depressed and lonely boy who hangs himself over the holiday because he has no friends and he's all alienated.
1: Um yeah, then the headmaster does it again. he goes, obviously he killed, killed himself. It's a suicide. Yeah. like he's like, God Brett, this headmaster has red flags like coming out of his pocket. he's just like a red flag walking around.
0: and I feel like we're reading into it, and booth we're on we are on the same page as booth yes. in this episode I'm
1: on Booth's side the- through the whole yeah.
0: thing. One hundred percent because. <laughs> He he basically is so the headmaster is trying to push it off like or brush it off like yeah yeah it's a suicide whatever like let come on you've already been investigating this too long give me a freaking break and so Booth goes okay well that's nice but um we're gonna go talk to Nestor's roommate in the morning.
1: This is after the security guy pulls out a letter that apparently Nestor's father wrote that allowed him to stay at school over the holiday. So it's signed yes. by well, oh, father or mother, the ambassador, somebody signed it, say he's allowed to stay there by himself over the holiday, and then when Booth says he's going to go re- interview the roommate, the friggin' headmaster and security guy are like, they're like, dumb and dumber, these two, so they're still- standing- 100%. They're like, huh, what? Like, oh, okay, uh, like, they're being so suspicious. <laughs> it's like,
0: they're, they're complete deer in the headlights, like, uh, god, yeah, I guess. I guess if that's part of the investigation, yeah, then maybe I'm I'm cool with it, I guess.
1: Okay, now we get this whole other storyline about the Chinese restaurant.
0: With Brennan being a little racist. Just
1: a, a little, I oh think. Oh my god. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about this scene? I don't know. You start.
0: I'll start, but you, you cut in.
1: Okay, go. So,
0: Basically, Brennan gets to meet Sid Shapiro, who is the owner of Wong Fu's restaurant. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Booth talks about Brennan. This is Booth's favorite restaurant. Um, And Sid's looking at her like, oh, she's taller than I expected. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So obviously, Booth has been chatting about Brennan. Mm -hmm. This is a restaurant where you don't order. Sid just knows
1: what you want and he brings it to you apparently this is like a thing at this restaurant but this is not before Brennan says oh you don't look like Wong Fu and then I love <laughs> Sid Sid goes oh yeah my parents changed our name at Ellis Island he was just being a smart ass but I like was a good retort I thought it was a good comeback it and, was
0: good It kind of shut her up and was she made her go oh so maybe that was not an appropriate uh
1: Mm -hmm.
0: comment to make Mm -hmm. so hopefully we don't get many more of those comments from uh, Brennan later Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. so we think that it's just Brennan and Booth that are going to be there they sit down they look like they're getting a little comfy and then about two seconds later Zach Hodgins and Angela show up Mm -hmm. with a bunch of gruesome photos lots of gruesome case talk
1: walking around with files
0: of crime scene pictures and dead bodies and stuff Like, and they're all talking over each other, like they're talking about the case, case facts, they start presenting evidence, the main takeaway here is that Nestor actually died 10 to 14 days ago, so he actually died um, before that email was sent from Nova Scotia, because it was sent seven days ago. that's the big revelation
1: after they the, the scene is very funny and I'm curious about the director because they all walk in they're all chiming off like exposition evidence blah 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 one thing after the other and the evidence gets grosser and grosser and grosser as they're sharing it and then Sid comes over with everybody's food and then of course Hodgins has to order some kind of organ meat soup and then uh, then he Sid complains about all the disgusting photographs that they're bringing into the restaurant and like you said um, they this is a big revelation that actually the letter was sent you know after he was dead so that that's a really interesting detail so what so far we've got this kid who is dead he's alone at the school his father or this letter was written seven days after he was dead his a uh, hyoid bone was broken, which is another detail. And he was deaf. There's all kinds of interesting little details we're getting, right? Yeah, he has a
0: roommate that we haven't met yet, so that's interesting. Oh, we're gonna meet I- a
1: whole cast of characters here. We like
0: will that. meet him. One, <laughs> just going back when Hodges ordered. Yes. Did he order to a person?
1: He just shouted out like the rudest person on the planet. Exactly. Like, if I
0: went to Swish LA and I just started yelling, like, I want a quarter chicken dinner. Like, would someone actually bring that to me? Or- <laughs> I love your reference. That's so great. <laughs> I'll have a quarter chicken. I mean, like, with fries or salad, I don't care. Just, <laughs> just right. bring it out. Fries. Right. <laughs> like, what? No, that's not how you order. <laughs> so Rude. So rude. Unbelievable. And we, so we get Hodgkin's rudeness in this, and we also get Angela's grossness. This is an example of her being inappropriate. We got both in one one scene. It's just amazing. Mm. <laughs> so, Booth, basically, so Angela's talking and saying, oh, well, you know, we're gonna, uh, I'm a big believer in instincts, and um, she's saying, and is saying, oh, well, finally, a uh, squint with an open mind. And she looks at him with bedroom eyes. Ugh. And <laughs> says, you have no idea how open-minded I can be. I remember
1: that. Yeah. You reminded me. I thought, okay, now it's like Angela's a vixen now. But also, isn't she still trying to set Brennan up with Booth? What's going on? I don't know what she's doing, man. Back off,
0: Angela. Make up your mind, anyway. Sorry, just small aside. I thought Angela was being kind of, yeah, unnecessarily gross there, but
1: then- 100%, 100%. Okay, here we get to meet the roommate. So we're back at the FBI headquarters. Next scene roommate's being yes. interviewed with his parents. He hears, yeah, was it his parents and a lawyer? So the roommate's name is Tucker, yes, stupid name. Tucker ends up admitting that uh, he wrote it, wrote the email to cover for Nestor, who wanted to spend time with this girl over the holidays. So he admits yes. to this to the fact that he wrote the email, and it wasn't the mother or the father or whatever. And then at the end of the scene, Booth winks at him and smirks at Tucker. He like winks at him, like yeah, like I got you, or like what is I understand what are you thinking about covering for a lady
0: what happened no yeah that is that was kind of a weird weird ending it's like oh yeah way to stick up for your friend wink so he could be with a woman
1: the scene is so short too and he just like completely caves almost immediately and then booth winks at him Just really winks and like kind of smirks at him like uh-huh yeah yeah
0: oh yeah i booth. thought <laughs> wait way to go us bros gotta stick together i
2: don't know what the <laughs> hell that was for
0: I found, so in this, I I did something kind of odd when I was making notes. So I made notes by each scene. So I put like scene one, scene two, whatever. Ah. I noticed that there were were a lot of short scenes. So there were actually 30 scenes in total in this episode.
1: Really? There were. There was a lot of backing and forthing. That's what I mean. The director started out with that rock video kind of look. And then that scene at the restaurant where they're like, one and one by one coming in chiming off details of the case like those little little things like that's a directorial thing right yeah and then this editing of like going back and forth to different locations i don't know i guess they're just trying to jazz it up so people don't get bored or something i don't know keep it interesting but yeah.
0: anyway if you wanted to know there were approximately 30 scenes i may have combined some of them but where there are were we? roughly how
1: many scenes are we into so we're on the
0: 14th scene. So almost oh, halfway. Okay, let's go. <laughs> you got to get that pizza. So yeah. um, the next scene, so the 14th scene, Brennan's office um, at the Jeffersonian. That's where we are. We're with Brennan. We're with the Venezuelan ambassador, who is the, the mother. Yeah, but what's Brennan uh, because doing? Because women can what's be powerful too.
1: What's Brennan doing?
0: Brennan is standing there. She's
1: she's watching a video of Nestor's dead body in the tree before his mother walks in. Do you remember? Is that what she's... No, I didn't realize what she was doing right before. Watching this gross video that Zach took of him hanging in the tree and then she's like oh my god it's like she's watching porn or something which we'll get into later but she turns it off we'll get there
0: (laughs) and and this is such an emotional scene too like the whole reason the ambassador is there is to be like here is a photo of him and here is um a video when he got his cochlear implant because i need you to understand what it's like what it was like to be his mother yeah. and what what it was like for um like how how he was such an amazing boy and I need you to find the truth because mm-hmm. basically she's saying they're just trying to cover up a murder to protect the school's reputation uh, and Brennan promises her that she will find the truth
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm sure as soon as she left she started watching the video that Zach took again <laughs>
1: Yeah, so she humanizes. She wants to just sort of humanize her son, so he's less of a sort of science yeah. kind of endeavor. So, yeah, next scene, scene number 15, I guess. Uh, Fifteen scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we go to um, Angela's special video room.
0: Yeah, so uh, they basically have determined that at this point, they, they, they're basically confirming what they already knew that the, hyoid bo- the, the fact that the hyoid bo- bone was broken is extremely unusual, that in order for it to have been broken, they would have needed another 90 kilograms of force, which according to Brennan is just under 200 pounds. Thank you. The conversion is times 2.2 for anyone listening. Ooh. And um, Basically, she's saying under, just under 200 p- pounds is the weight of a muscular man. But Booth right. points out, yeah, okay, but this muscular man had to be like twenty-six feet tall. So it doesn't really work.
1: Yeah, they're kind of baffled so, by this whole thing. They're really trying to figure out what happened yeah. with this hyoid. So that was a very another another quick scene. We go to the next one. Booth and Brennan are going back to the school to check out Nestor's room. So this is an interesting scene. They want to check out his room again. And as they're going yeah. up to his room, some guy is there and he looks at them. And he runs away from them. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that.
0: Like he see, he, he could have just kept. They don't know who he is. Exactly. He, he could have been a parent. He could have just kept walking directly past them. Yes, it would have been this,
1: fine. This is a very exciting action but scene. You a know, a chase ensues. Yes. So they it chase after him. They go to Nestor's room. Brennan basically beats the shit out of him, and then Booth fights him and finds out that he is a venezuelan security dude from the uh, venezuelan consulate um yeah so then they have to go back to the consulate and like what the hell what's going on so they sit there they go amazing office what were we gonna say
0: i just thought it's kind of odd that the I don't know why he ran back into the room. I don't know why he was hiding behind the door. He got the jump on them, but he, they were still able to beat him up. This guy's not a very good security guy. It's terrible. But anyway, we're it's at the Venezuelan to... embassy now.
1: Yeah, they go back to the embassy. Thank you. I couldn't remember consulate, embassy, whatever. The guy's from the embassy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got Same that thing. Wrong. Yeah. So Consulate, embassy. No, no, no. Same it's... thing. This whole thing is confusing. This scene, I don't know why it's here. It, I feel like these scenes are like filling up time or something. Like they had to put these scenes in to fill up time or put some exposition in there. So apparently they bring the guy back to the, they sit in the ambassador's office, which is an interesting office. There's a lot of flags in this office. It's like they found this office and they're like, okay, put a lot of flags in here. So it looks like it's like a an, em, uh, an embassy. <laughs> Lots of flags. This room is too big. We just gotta fill the space. (laughs) So apparently, the ambassador sent this guy there to prove that anyone can get into Nestor's room. And like they say that the the guy, the security guys. Yeah, but I failed because they caught me. And I was like, well, no, actually, they didn't because like they're not on the school. They're not school security. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And he also went back to the room and instead of running down like another stairwell or something like that. So I'm sure there were other ways that he could have gotten out. It's good that he kind of caught on because then we learned during the scene that Hanover Prep told the Venezuelan ambassador that her son died, but they, they said for sure your son uh, died by suicide. It's yep. impossible that anything else had happened because no one could have gotten into his room. Our campus is so secure we only walk the campus every two weeks. And that's why we didn't find your son's body until two weeks later. <laughs> like what? <laughs> anyway, I digress. But yeah, basically, so that's they lie to her.
1: Yeah. So they basically, they lied to her. They didn't tell her that Brennan had already ruled it a homicide. So she, yeah. the ambassador feels bad and apologizes for fucking up their investigation.
0: <laughs> basically. But they still end up back in Nestor's room. So it, all, all is fine.
1: Where is the school? Where is the embassy? Where are the FBI headquarters? Where is the institute? How long are they spending in the car? How they, much are they doing? Like the way that this show presents it, it's like this is all within a one
0: kilometer radius.
1: Seriously. Even but, if this is Toronto, it would take me at least half an hour, 45 minutes to get from place to place. Exactly.
0: It's not not efficient. They should some of these things could be Zoom calls. Uh-huh. Zoom wasn't like pick wasn't, up the
1: phone. Say hey. Exactly.
0: What the hell? Maybe she doesn't have a phone though. Her okay. son wasn't able to call her. Right, her son <laughs> so. could right? <laughs> Jesus. But we're back in Nestor's room and we find out that Booth should really not be on bones. He should be on criminal minds because he's a
1: behavioral analyst. <laughs> He suddenly knows where music anyway, this is another one of those scenes very similar to the last episode where they suddenly have all of this sort of evidence pointing to x or y like they just go boom 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 boom, and they find all this stuff, so yeah, here's where we go down a rabbit hole that I... it's like this show took a turn, like it went from like, oh, this kid committed suicide to oh. Here We're going to go this direction, yeah, with this story. So they go back to Nessa's room, they start snooping around. Eventually, somehow Booth magically finds a DVD that's inside a CD case, which they bring back to where. Where did they bring this uh DVD?
0: They bring it back to view. I, I think that this is back of the lab, but in like a room there because Zach and Angela are now also there. Um, oh. What- Yeah, Zach and Angela are there. And so is Hodgins.
1: Why are they there? Anyway, this gets very uncomfortable very quickly.
0: It it is very uncomfortable because it turns out that DVD is porn. Well, it's it is a sex tape. Sex tape. Made by not to be spoiled, someone
1: Mm. and it has the victim in it. So Yes, the victim is it's it's a yeah video of the victim having sex with this girl. Yes. And my problem with the scene is that they're all watching it together. And for a long time, like, and they're under
0: eighteen. These these kids are definitely minors.
1: Fifteen.
0: <laughs> yeah. This really bugged me. This whole <laughs> it bugged me too.
1: Factory really was uncomfortable for me. Not like I'm not like oh a scandalo. Like I'm I'm not being a prude. I just think, wow, this is...
0: (laughs) A little bit inappropriate for them to all be sitting there, and unnecessary. And honestly, there is another victim in this scene, and that victim is Zach. I agree. Because he identifies this video, this sex tape, as pretty kinky stuff. And as Hodgins is regurgitating his seven organ soup, he's uh, telling him that that was not very cakey stuff. That was very, very basic beginner stuff.
1: I Zach, thought about Hodgins burping through the whole thing. <laughs> complaining about his organ soup he had at the Chinese restaurant, Recalling calling back the Chinese meal. Zach had is he all, ordered? Yeah, Zach is scandalized by this tape thinking, wow, this is wild. Hodgins is saying, no, this is pretty vanilla sex. And, and also, get me some Tums. Why is Angela there? And then uh, Brennan and Booth tell them to all look for, you know, certain details according to this. Like, I don't know, what are they looking for? The type of uh, camera was put on, where it was shot. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to identify the the girl. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, so where where the video was shot, who the girl was, when it was shot, um, all sorts of details that would help pinpoint who this girl is and whether this tape was made knowingly or if it was something that was being used for blackmail basically (sighs) and now we're back with the headmaster and head of security
1: (laughs) i seriously apparently these sex tapes happen a lot at their school (laughs) they act so casual about this detail like booth and brennan are they both there booth and brennan yeah, they tell them. The yeah, Booth Brennan, good. the head of security, and the headmaster. Yeah, they're well, like, oh yeah, we see this all the time. Yeah, and then they talk about they have this pissing contest, this mind game that the headmaster plays. Like, what a dick seriously he's gaslighting like crazy oh he's the worst. oh we confiscated those tapes and no you can't have them like he's doing this bullshit it's like so manipulative when it turns out that they handed over the tapes to the sheriff like why didn't you start with yeah, that? they don't even
0: ha- they don't even actually have them yeah uh, well also why would the sheriff not give up that information from the beginning like right i feel like that that might be something that she would want to tell but she is a sheriff so she's elected and as brennan said not committed
1: to finding the truth not necessarily inclined yeah exactly yeah exactly so what happens so fine they gave the tapes to karen our friend karen the sheriff yeah so we
0: find out that they the headmaster once booth sort of says oh yeah you want to gaslight with me well i'm gonna Give it right back to you and say that we're going to get um, a warrant and we're going to get all over this and
2: mm.
0: we're going to tell in the warrant I'm going to specify that you allow and knowingly um, allow your your students to make sex tapes and then you collect them and you watch them you perv yes and he says yes. <laughs> he says oh okay never mind this is this is a student yeah her name is Camden Death She's yes a student the school here you go here you go yes um get out of my office. And we're getting a lawyer.
1: <laughs> I love how Brennan insults the headmaster, calling him like a glorified <laughs> principal of a high school. I thought that was really funny. Like, that's how she sort of came to Booth's defense. Yeah. I, like, what kind of a name is Camden D- Destry anyway? Like, where are Tucker, Camden, and uh, Nest? Well, technically. <laughs> Booth, okay, to be fair,
0: Booth's name is Seely, right. and Brennan's name is Temperance, Okay, which okay. they're not. <laughs> okay, you win. You win. No, but they're interesting names. They're intriguing names. I they are not common.
1: No, I think they're supposed to sound rich. Right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you know, like Chad. Tucker. Tucker. <laughs>
0: Chad. Chad. You know, Chad. <laughs> His roommate's name definitely should have
1: been Chad. It should, it should have been Tucker. 100%. So now we meet Camden, the girl in the tape, the mystery teenage young girl that's in the, the having sex with Nestor. Uh, they bring her into the FBI. So now we're back at F- the FBI headquarters with Camden. Question. Yeah. I know that's her mother, but is that their her father? I, I assumed that that's her father, but Then I was
0: thinking about it, that it's odd that they wouldn't bring a lawyer. Yeah. So it's possible that that's their lawyer, unless one of them is a lawyer.
1: I thought, I immediately thought it was lawyer because he was sitting on the other side of the table, not next to the girl. Like I thought, but then I thought the way it was weird, the relationship was weird. I think the guy was like acting like her father, but not but I don't, I don't know. I, can't, I still don't know what that guy was, whether it was her father or a lawyer. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't, definitely wasn't clear,
0: mm-hmm. for sure. But regardless, what Booth does is uncomfortable, whether it's his parent, whether oh it's Camden's parents, oh or God. their he's lawyer.
1: Say, you say what happened.
0: So Booth basically is sensing that he's being lied to, because he says, you know, this person, she basically denies really being involved with him at all, and he says, "You know what? I'm tired of being lied to. You. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really shock you." So he starts playing the sex tape, and she's crying and claiming, "Oh, you know what? Yes, I do know him. Were we romantically involved? Of course, because I loved him." Yes. And it's so fake. Mm-hmm. And she is crying crocodile tears, but Booth just eats it up.
1: Yeah. So she claims. She loved him and had no idea he was taping her. This is where I I figured the guy was the lawyer and not the father because if it was a father, like wouldn't he be freaking like just like horrified like pulling yeah, this like, off like, Holy <laughs> shit. like yeah, what? you're too young. Like you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, that was me. I'd be like, "Holy shit." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So What's our next scene? So this is where we discover, apparently, Camden's in love with Nestor. So then the next scene, again, very fast scenes, like you said. They're all, yeah, they're super quick. We're on scene number 22. Oh, good. So Booth and Brennan are pulled over on the side of some random road. Yeah. Walking again. (laughs) That's why they had to get out of the car, because they needed to be able to close talk. You can't do that in the car. An inch away from each other, (laughs) but... How Booth has no objectivity, like as if we didn't already know that. Yeah. And how he's a hypocrite
0: because he's calling, he always called her insensitive, but he's insensitive. He plays a sex tape in front of her, uh, of a fi- of two fifteen year olds in front of her parents. Mm-hmm. How could you do this? And they're just fighting, fighting, fighting the huge and the sheriff shows up, shows up.
1: Karen shows up with a box, a huge box of DVDs that apparently contains sex tapes that have been confiscated from the school i was more interested in the fact that both booth and brennan are so mad at this lady and they treat her like shit and she's like this woman of color in a position of authority that they're just fucking being so mean to and she's just Actually, I'm very proud of how cool she was about it. She was just like, Ugh. you know, she just ignored them, kind of. Like, they were just yeah. terribly. They
0: were horrible. And she was like, you know what? Just take, just take the tapes. It's not my job. Like, these are sex tapes from teenagers. I'm not going to be watching them. Like, yeah. Why would this even be evidence? Like, you pervs, take them. Ugh. So, so... Now what do we do? Well, now... This time, only Booth and Brennan are in the room, fortunately, watching sex tapes, so oh they've god. eliminated Angela, Zach, and Hodgins from the viewing party. Is okay? Oh my god, it's so brutal.
2: It's so uncomfortable, I'd be like, oh, can we just stop
0: that? <laughs> can we just, uh, just, yeah, just, can we get someone else, like, in another That's department boring. to watch this? Awesome. Exactly. And they're, they're really watching this tape. And they're watching this tape with a... They're watching a tape of statutory rape. This Camden's mother is having, having sex with Tucker, who should have been named Chad.
1: This is insane. Who wrote this episode? So-
0: it's nuts. It, this, this episode goes from zero to a hundred. It, okay. it kind of starts out a bit slow. We have some sympathy for this kid. And now there's sex tapes galore. Tucker
1: is having sex... With Camden's mother. It's so gross. Also, it is super sex gross. This is terrible. I just want you to know that, like, what we saw was very bad sex. <laughs> it was but so. But Zach weird. would say, it's, Zach would say it's pretty kinky. Yeah, but it's so vanilla. All it is is like the woman's like, wow, wow, wow. like <laughs> he's hanging out with him. Oh my God. So that's another reason why I thought that guy in the interrogation room was a lawyer and she was like a divorcee or something yeah
0: which later on that guy does hold her hand anyway we'll we'll get to it but there is actually in this in this next scene no that's no in a couple scenes from now in the next scene we end up back with Nestor's roommate and his parents but because is that
1: his parents?
0: Tucker uh, I think that's his parents
1: but the father, this is what I wrote down, I don't remember, but the father looks kind of impressed that Tucker was doing Yeah, that. because he's gross.
0: <laughs> I feel like this, This. I don't know if if it's the writers or this time period, but like Booth was kind of winking at him before being like, yeah, man, bros. And now the father seems kind of impressed like, oh, with an older woman, way to go, man. Yeah, good job. Like, it. it this show shows it, it really shows what time or what year this was made so, is this kind of I feel like these kinds of scenes they wouldn't fly nearly as much now
1: but again another very fast scene Tucker's back there yeah. everybody's freaking out except for the father he looks kind of he, the father's like pretending to be like upset about like, it but he's kind of impressed with his son being like, like I'm he upset was,
0: here but we'll talk about this when we get well, home
1: yeah, <laughs> moves. exactly next scene we're back at the lab Um, okay so This is interesting. Hodgins discovered through his bug research that Nestor took some special K before he died. Yeah. And they this is another
0: scene where Zach is trying to talk to Angela now Uh. about Naomi. She's blowing him off. Then Zach tries to talk to Booth while they're having a major breakthrough moment because Brennan is like, oh, my God. Because Hoggins had this seven organ soup, he's regurgitating, and he has really bad acid reflux, which, if during pregnancy, is awful. Just for anyone listening, um, some <laughs> are my friends. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> but uh. sorry. but yeah. So seven organ soup, not good for that. And apparently, ketamine also not good for that one, mixed with digestive is- tissues. I wrote digestive issues, but yeah, tissues, same same thing.
1: Same thing, but. <laughs>
0: it's basically your digestive juices are basically hydrochloric acid. They're saying so Brennan's saying, wait, with the ketamine mixed with a uh, basically hydrochloric acid from the digest uh, digestive uh, juices that could have caused the high break. We finally yes. have a solution. Yes. Um, Angela's running a scenario and Zach is trying to get boost advice and he's saying, when you have a moment, I'd like to talk to you about sexual positions. And I thought Booth's response was hilarious. <laughs> what did Boost say? Says, oh, yeah. you even try, <laughs> I'll take out my gun and shoot you between the eyes. <laughs> and Doc is like,
1: oh, okay. Angela, um, what are you doing over there in that scenario you're running on your fancy computer system? Wow. Yeah, so then Brennan, because of the drug thing and the higher bone being deteriorated by hydrochloric acid. She says it's possible to suicide. Booth gets upset. They have another yep. blow up about it. And he storms out of there.
0: Because Booth is really upset because he's basically saying, Brennan, if you if you declare this a suicide now, I lose any ability to continue or finish an investigation. And this stinks. Like they found, they're finding all these sex tapes. They are finding out Tucker had claimed in the last scene that um, Nestor had blackmailed Camden's mom, and that they set up a drop, and somehow they got five thousand bucks out of it, and that that was the reason that maybe he killed himself. Like there, there's things that stink in this episode, as uh, Booth likes to say.
2: Yes, lots, so lots of things. So, do you think Terrible.
0: that? Do I, 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 I don't know. I, in the next scene, Angela, Angela comes to her and says, "You to like look at this picture I drew of this boy. Unbelievable. Like, this boy wouldn't have committed suicide. Like, do you think that's appropriate for her to be she sort of cornering or forcing Brennan to
1: reconsider? Well, Angela's just trying to show, like she was trying to sort of argue Booth's side. She's trying to get Brennan to see or understand where Booth is coming from. But then she does this a really weird, there's a lot of that emotional stuff. It was like, look at this thing I sketched of this random dead guy. He didn't kill himself. Look at him. He's so cute. You know what I mean? It was just like. Yeah. What? it's a, like That's a
0: picture. That doesn't depict his mental or emotional a, state. <laughs> it's the same thing the mother did, right? It's like uh, yes.
1: trying to humanize him and stuff like that
0: um and brennan's actually somewhat emotional having that conversation with angela saying like i think isn't the truth more important than anything else like suicide's most logical rational explanation that has to be what it is like should we really be pushing an investigation further if suicide is
1: the answer right my Um, argument is that you should just investigate regardless yeah, at everything, it they're both drawing conclusions very quickly, which is just the way they are. Like Booth and Brennan are actually quite similar, they're very both very passionate and they, you know, they have strong points of view, so that's why they butt heads a lot of the time, you know what I mean? So, 100%. So, here we are next scene Angela, Booth, and Brennan are back watching porn. And- <laughs> Uh, They see that Nestor gave Camden a necklace and this is hilarious because I was just listening to a podcast about how in the nineties they used to go, they used to take pictures from the internet and enhance them and blow them up and and, you know, enlarge them so you could see the detail. So they do this scene where they somehow I've never seen a VCR or a DVD player be able to take a part of a picture on the screen and enhance it and blow it up and look at the detail. Uh, this is an amazing yeah. CD player. I'll just say that. Amazing. Good quality. Right. So they do some kind of stop motion thing yeah, so what is it? Brendan notices something interesting about Camden's behavior in the tape, and asks Angela to do it like super slow motion so they can like rewind it and watch her face. And yeah. so in the scene, while she's like getting it on with Nestor and it's being videotaped, uh, she looks at directly into the camera, Camden, and rolls her eyes like, "Ugh, this guy." So everybody's like, "Whoa!" She knows she's being recorded exactly
0: and it's I thought it was really interesting it goes to show part of well part of Brennan's character she has incredible attention to detail this is something the eye roll is something that neither Booth nor Angela noticed um something that they had to really slow down and really capture the moment to even notice the eye roll Mm -hmm. but that was, I guess, this. There's a reason that scene was deleted from, and it wasn't included in the DVD. I guess because oh, right, that's a part that Angela found, right? She they find it on his on on Nestor's computer, I think. Someone and they think someone. it was deleted or something. Yeah. So obviously, they wouldn't have wanted to include that in the video because it could have been incriminating. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So I guess we're justified watching all this kitty porn. But anyway, I, I I guess it's still gross and unnecessary, but they're getting know, somewhere I just, I kept this watching them having sex over with. You know what I mean? Okay, we're done. We're back. We're now now we're dividing and conquering like.
0: Like uh, the public school guy that Booth is, he knows divide and conquer. Yes. <laughs> How is that a public school thing? Anyway, I don't know. so they decide, okay, we're going to bring Camden and Tucker in. We're yes. going to interrogate both of them. We're going to put Tucker in a separate room. We're going to have Tucker on video so that Camden knows that Tucker's in a separate room. We're going to tell Camden, Tucker told us everything. And it doesn't look good for you, Camden. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good at all. And, and I'm inclined to believe him, but you know what? Booth wanted to hear your side of the story. So let, let, let's, do, let, let's do this. Let's talk. So what does
1: she say? I need you to tell this part because honestly she folds so fast. She goes, why is Tucker here? She starts freaking out. I honestly don't know what happened. Like, I don't know. She tells this story and I I don't remember. So tell me what happened. I don't know. Well, (laughs) I had the same sort of thing. So basically
0: she, she, exactly what you just said. She kind of folds. She kind of goes, okay, well he, he's in a separate room. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know know about the sex tape that Tucker made with my mother and, and I I encouraged it, but I, I didn't really encourage it. I just gave her permission, I gave Tucker permission to do that with my mother. And then my mom gave money to Tucker to keep quiet. And then we realized, well, what if we did this with this other rich guy, Nestor with Tucker's roommate, then we could get money out of him too. And ultimately it all spirals into her saying, if I cooperate and tell you everything that Tucker did, do I get a deal? Because I realize that it doesn't look good. I knew where the camera was. We did film this scene because we were trying to blackmail Nestor, but I didn't, I didn't kill him. It, that wasn't me. That, that was Tucker.
1: And I think that that's basically the scene. But did they drive him to suicide? Is that what we're ta- We're saying? I think
0: from because they don't really specify my my understanding isn't I don't think that he committed suicide necessarily I think maybe they drugged him and then put him up in the tree that was kind of how I interpreted it but they don't actually say this is where I was this is where I was frustrated with this episode because they there's so many small scenes they go into so much detail and so many different things and then they kind of just rush at the end to say okay yeah camden camden kind of gives her details but we never go back to tucker
1: i honestly don't we know never find out
0: what he did
1: yeah I, I honestly don't know what happened so we're it's a mystery still to this day yeah we'll not rewatch this episode even if i'm in your tucker's accent i won't do it <laughs>
0: Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Even if you did rewatch, it's not clear. She says, I'll tell you everything Tucker did. But we don't hear her tell what Tucker did. Right. And we don't hear Tucker say what he did. So it's interesting because <sighs> it would appear, in my mind, I think that they killed him. But I don't know. Because in the next scene... Um, Brennan and Booth meet with the Venezuelan ambassador at that point. Right. And they, and Booth specifically says the two kids who killed your son are both in custody. Mm. So whether he, they drove him to kill himself and that's still considered killing him. I'm not sure. Anyway, small tangent, but yeah, we don't really, it's not very clear exactly how he died whether it was by
1: suicide. Oh my God. Like, honestly, it's, I can't believe I'm in this position where I honestly don't know what happened. I'm very confused about how he was killed, whether he did it himself, whether he was driven to it, whether he was put up. It's nothing is clear. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Brennan's very proud of herself that she made good on her promise to the ambassador and told her the truth, but we don't even know what happened. And then Booth's very impressed with uh, temperance's or Brennan's empathy And calls her temperance. He called her by her first name, even though he'd been calling her bones and she's like, stop calling me bones. He called her temperance at the end of the day. So that was where I noticed that he called her a little sign of respect. Mm. And he was
0: feeling good because he hates these private school guys. And he's saying the sheriff's going to resign the headmaster and head of security are both going to lose their jobs. Mm. These two kids who killed your son are both in custody We wrapped it up with a tight little bow. This is a good day. This is a good job that we've done. Temperance, isn't it?
1: Yes. (laughs) So. So that's it. Uh, Then we get the uh, denouement or the uh, end of the episode, the button. Uh, They go back to the Chinese restaurant. They do.
0: And Hodgins is having heartburn, but then he's not because he finally listens to what's what's the owner's name? Sid. Sid. So he listens to his advice and he eats the thing that he says that he should eat.
1: Yes. So within seconds, Hodgins is feeling better and not burping anymore. And then Angela is trying to tell Zach what to do with his girl problems. So his, her advice finally, she gives him this advice that he should just be honest with this girl, Naomi and say, he knows nothing and he wants her to teach him everything. And uh, she'll eat it up apparently which do you think this is good advice uh for some personally i don't have time to teach little boys how to do stuff in bed like i don't (laughs) have time for that like like come on man and yeah anyway i have lots of opinions about zach's sex problems but also i don't want to talk about it at the same time so
0: (laughs) my my thing was just like angela's encouraging him to go back to this woman
1: when she said leave her alone
0: exactly she specifically said i'm setting a boundary leave me alone you're driving me insane take a hint and you're supposed to ask your friends what that means by take a hint and he's asking his friends and they're giving him advice to go back and pester her her again bad idea yeah so maybe advice that he could use in the future but
1: maybe not with naomi yeah maybe not this one maybe another one that maybe he doesn't work with in the same building that would be really ideal
0: no sex talk at work
1: (laughs) no having sex with people at work but yeah we have lots to talk about later it
0: didn't happen in paleontology though remember
1: it happened at our house all right all right (laughs) good to know good to know so what booth and Brennan walk in booth is so mad he's so mad Everybody he's losing there. it he's like get he's, the fuck out of my restaurant
0: he's what like this is, is mine this is mine this is my area get out of here
1: <laughs> he lays claim to the bar he says nobody's gonna eat here just me he wants everybody to <laughs> freaking leave him alone and um and, and then, then, then brennan she, comes and sits down beside him Yeah, because well, she <laughs> has no concept but Sid says, it's like he said to Sid, he's like, what are they doing here? Why'd you let them back in? And Sid's like, as long as they keep it clean and they don't bring their gross pictures, they're allowed to come any Booth lays claim to the bar. Brennan comes over and they have their little tete-a-tete at the bar. Uh, the, what is it? Um, compliments him on his ability, his people skills, basically. Like what he accused her of basically being shitty with people. And yeah. she says, you know, you're really good uh, at reading people, you know? Yeah. And even as far as
0: saying he has a knack for like reading body language, that he, that there's things that he shouldn't have known that he calls it his gut. And he says that all oh, this stinks, but the, there's a scientific explanation for it. And that is
1: that he actually has a skill, right? which, which they probably could- teach at the FBI.
0: Yeah, maybe like in the behavioral analysis unit of the Criminal Minds show. Yeah. <laughs> there Reminds. should have been a crossover.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do that on our Patreon. Talk about Criminal Minds. Um, Perfect. Basically, <laughs> rude to her and tells her to leave his bar. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she just complimented him, but then she leaves him a pass to get into the lab, like a security pass. And he does not give her a gun. Well, no, that's stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't put would it like that either. So that's no, it. he gets a pass to go to the lab. So he, you know, he called her temperance. She complimented him, gave him a pass, and he's very happy. He's very chuffed that he has this pass now. He's so cute, isn't he?
0: He is. I I really like his character. I think that him, I think that as annoying as Brennan can be sometimes, I think that they have they're a really good fit for partnership. Like for them to be working together in the way that they are, they work well together. They fight a lot, but it's in a way where it's very entertaining. Mm -hmm. It's not like, Oh my God, this is a disaster.
1: (laughs) He's definitely my favorite though. He's like my proxy for sure. And I just, I liked him in this episode. I thought he was funny, like the with the Latin thing, and then threatening to th- shoot Jack, Zach. Yeah, and then the, at the end with the pass, he's all like, I got the pass!" Like he's just—I just liked him in this episode. He was having a good time on this one, I think.
0: Hundred percent. I feel—I feel like he's kind of like the comic relief a little bit.
1: 100%. Like where these
0: some of the some of the squints—they take things a little too seriously. Question. i don't
1: know yes did brennan bring up his sniper past in this episode
0: no she didn't <laughs> and she didn't bring up sexy either we oh, didn't talk girlfriend. about his girlfriend at all
1: <laughs> this just, is it's, it's like a standalone episode it could have occurred at any point in the season i think it's a bottle yeah for sure definitely a bottle episode <laughs> No mention of his sniper past. No mention of his girlfriend, mind you. I don't know if Tess sticks around, but anyway, the, I always find it interesting. I'm gonna. I would like to make a note of how many times she mentions his sniper. <laughs> yes, because she talks about it a lot so far. Anyway, so she
0: brings it up. It. She tends to bring it up when she really wants to, like, kind of like pick at him or like push his buttons. To be like, oh, is uh, the reason you had trouble killing that guy because you're a sniper and you're a horrible person? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, okay, (laughs) so we'll see. Maybe episode four will have some mentions. We should count.
1: Another question: Did you like this episode?
0: I liked it. I thought, well, I liked it in the sense that it was entertaining. I thought that it was. It was definitely entertaining. I thought. I wish that they had paced it a little better. Is I do wish we had a little bit better answers. Yeah. Specifically with how this kid died. Like, obviously, we know he was hanging and that was the cause of death, but was it self inflicted because these kids were yeah. so horrible to him? Or was it because Tucker and Camden put him up in the tree? Messed up, right? Extremely
1: messed up. What did you think? <sighs> You're right. The pacing was a little bit fast and furious. Like I was like, what's bing, bing, bing. They went from one place to another. They went all over the place. I'm really, I think it's hilarious. It's like when you watch a show about LA or anywhere, really big cities where like, how did they get over there so fast? You know, you don't know how far places are. Cause I thought that the school was really far. They said it was out of town, right? Yeah how they got back there and like how long this investigation actually took i'm just curious about timelines some of the scenes i thought were a little bit kind of unnecessary like you said that could be information that could be relayed in a different way but yeah. oh my god it was a fat cast like they had lots and lots of people in this show like if you think of like the ambassador her husband the security uh the venezuelan security dude and then there were other people in that office too like i just think about all the actors they had to pay to be there there was a lot oh, of Oh yeah. Around, like, there was a
0: there were a ton of people in this episode, for A sure. lot of people.
1: And I was like, yeah. Is that necessary? Anyway, but there were no big explosions like in the last episode, so I guess their budget was on, uh, more,
0: on yeah, more on people. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I like the episode. I don't know. Um I really disliked the whole sex tape thing. Um I don't understand. Like, I'm going to see if this particular... I'm going to start delving more into the writers and who's writing this show. Um, Yeah. And I think there might... And even directing. Because I think we're going to see similar uh, styles, you know, or types of stories or directing sort of flourishes. Like, you'll be able to recognize a certain style probably in future episodes if certain directors return. But the writing... I thought, like, there was a weird... It was a weird story. Like a 15 year old kid at a boarding school, sex tapes and the mother, like what did the mother have to do with it? Like,
0: yeah. And, and did the mother get arrested?
2: I
1: don't know.
0: There's a lot of unanswered questions. You
1: definitely (laughs) go to fucking jail. Oh my God. 100%. I loved Booth in this episode I actually didn't mind Hodgins as much as I normally do.
0: Yeah, his character was less they gave us a. he was less annoying. Yeah. Less conspiracy theory, more like kinda of, he was bullying Zach, which obviously is not good to bully, but it was very entertaining because Zach was kind of asking for it a little bit
1: a little bit and Zach took care of all the annoying kind of things that Hodgins normally does i guess he was an yes. annoying guy that whole storyline could have been thrown out the window i could care less about yes. who Zach is sleeping with you know what i mean it does help to develop his character
0: a little bit though and i i look i know i know for a fact so Zach becomes over time he becomes sort of like a fan favorite by like season 2 So I think it really helps. And I I am a fan as well. Like his character becomes very interesting. Okay. So I think that this kind of helps to, it seems unnecessary and it probably was a little bit unnecessary how they approached it. But I do think that there is a lot of potential to his character. All right. As annoying as he was in this episode. Well, I hope (laughs) there's,
1: I'm, I'm rooting for Angela. I'm rooting for better writing for Angela. Yes. rooting for right now so <laughs> zach i mean he's young we can develop him fine but angela i really need her to be you know a lot stronger exactly right, so on that note darling thank you <laughs> so much thanks for listening to squid cast with me kelly booth and my and your new friend Brittany elsner the bones theme is performed by the crystal method they can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at TheCrystalMethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at SquintcastPodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore, empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.
2: Hodgins!